We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him Gandalf. Because like he's never early or late, he's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC, Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, and at the uncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob. Today, I am joined by Taylor, and you heard his dog in the background? Try to put it on mute, but it wasn't quite Oh, I thought you were about to say enough. you're going to try to put your dog down. You know, <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Put Taylor. him in a chokehold. You better tell Rumble to <laughs> shut up. You better be nice to him. He's 10 of 10. Good boy. I'm also joined by Nick. What's going on? Who is now into Screamo? I'm not into Screamo. He's lying. I I did witness the Screamo concert last night, and it was something else. <laughs> okay, fun fact. Um, if you guys haven't yet, if you guys follow Denzel Curry, go find his um, Bulls on Parade cover that he did recently. It's awesome. Speaking of, of Screamo. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Okay, I'm joined by Justin. Hey, guys. I'm not into Screamo. He's lying as well. And I'm joined by Kamiar. I'm sitting next to Jacob, and he's wearing a shirt, and we both have pants on. Dang it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Status quo has changed from about 10 minutes ago. And <laughs> we are joined by a special guest tonight. You probably have read his articles over at Up the Thunder and at DailyThunder.com. If you're not following DailyThunder.com, I don't know what you're doing as a Thunder fan. We've got a celebrity. He is a staff writer. Celebrity. 
He's also a contributor to Fifth Down Fantasy. And a celebrity. Rob. Rob, I'm going to mess up your last name, so I'll let you say it. <laughs> Rob Searles. Searles. There we go. Awesome, Rob. We are excited that you are joining us on the night of the All-Star Game. They just announced Kevin Durant as the MVP. Boo. Boo. I thought Giannis deserved it. See, the problem was <laughs> the way you win the MVP in the All-Star Game is you have to like you have to tweet the hashtag and then the player's name. And who in the hell can spell Giannis on Tintincumpo? Well, you also <laughs> have to win a game. game. Oh, hey. Awkward. You're not going to give it to Giannis whenever you lost by 20 after being up 20. I think they gave it to LeBron when he lost one time. Well, it's LeBron. He gets all this special treatment. Yeah, he does. Although I did, did find it funny at halftime. Someone tweeted and said, uh, a GM LeBron team is struggling. Who would have guessed? I know. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Well, we are at, people call it like the halfway point of the NBA season, but it's like way past the halfway point. But the All-Star break, the Thunder do not play again until Friday night against the Utah Jazz. It is a late game, an 8.30 central tip-off. So I feel like this is a nice spot in the season for us to uh, to talk about what's going on with the Thunder currently some themes from the beginning part of the season, what we can expect down the final stretch and going into the playoffs. And we'll kind of do the same for for just around the league as well. Uh, take a look after the trade deadline, which I really liked that the trade deadline was before the All-Star break this year. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I like that that, that stuff is separated now. So we can really take a, take a look at what the league is going to look like over the next two months going into the playoffs. So I'm going to throw it over to Justin, and let's just talk about some some Thunder-centric stuff. Justin, go ahead. Well, uh, the Thunder have a new player. I guess that's a pretty good place to start. Well, allegedly have a new player, I should say. It's not official yet, but all signs are pointing to Markeith Morris, including Paul George actually talking about him after the last game, which was kind of awesome, even though, again, it's still technically not official yet. But yeah, the the Thunder, when they come back on Friday, they're going to have to... uh, Come come at it with a new roster with uh, Markeith Morris. I know particularly on our end, uh, Nick, you were pretty excited about this acquisition. What do you like so much about Keith? I just think he has like that toughness that that can help any team, whether it's a contender or a bad team. And you know, obviously his stats are decent. He's not like a you know an all star caliber player, but he's just one of those guys that bring it brings it every night, and he just you know. He brings that toughness that a team needs. I'm excited I totally for agree. him. I think we were all we all had uh, Shams on on notifications on Twitter because as you do, I was I was driving on the highway actually, and my phone vibrated, and I saw that it was a tweet from Shams, and it said Markeith Morris, but I didn't read the rest of it, and I unlocked my phone, and I was like, oh, I wonder where Keith went. And then I read Oklahoma City, and as soon as I opened up the Slack channel to like message you guys, everyone was already like, "Oh my God, we got Keith!" So it was kind of <laughs> cool that like you know we all kind of got in the in the response at the same time. Um, one thing that I guess I didn't know about Keith, I mean, I knew he was a big guy, but he is an inch taller and about twenty pounds heavier than Jeremy Grant, which kind of surprises me. I didn't That's think he was boy. that big. 
That was a good tweet by Nick on our account because I on, I had no idea until he tweeted that out. That was interesting. Yeah, I, he, I mean he he can play. He, he like Jeremy can play that 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 backup center. Um, you know, whenever Steve goes out or Nerlens is hurt or whatever, he he can play center. But you know, on the defensive end, other than his athleticism, he doesn't have those pounds to you know bang with some of those big guys. Like Keith is big enough that he can like he he can guard anybody um, in the league. At, at the five spot, or, or at least you know, give them a run for their money. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I didn't, I didn't know he was he was that big. Comier, what what are you excited about with Keith? I'm excited that he shoots roughly 78 percent from the free throw line. That's one plus there. That also means he shoots relatively well um, all around the court. He's never in each season in his career in the NBA. He hasn't averaged less than double-digit points per game other than, like, his first two years in the league. And then, I mean, his his shot this year, it's it was down, like, 33% from three. But the previous two years were about 37% and 36%. And I imagine he'll get more wide-open looks this year instead of in Washington. So I'm just really excited that he's there. He can play. Four, five, three, spot three minutes if possible, but you don't want him there. And you will probably see a lot less Patterson, like maybe next to none. I don't think you see Patterson at all anymore. But my thing is like, who would you rather not have on the floor anymore? Would you rather not have Nader on the floor anymore? Or would you rather have Patterson on the floor anymore? Playoffs, for playoffs. I think you'd obviously say Nader. I just don't think Patterson... Keith and Nerlens can all be on the floor together. That's true. So definitely not. Exactly. Unless it's against yep. like Utah. Yeah. So uh, I want to I want to lob a question Rob's way real quick, Rob. So we know that Markeith was playing in Washington. He played in Washington uh, for the past two seasons. Gets traded, obviously, to New Orleans. Gets bought out. Uh, that's that's how the Thunder came to acquire him. How much do you look at his production from Washington this season? And, and try to see how that will correlate to Oklahoma City? Or can you even look at those at what he did in Washington at the beginning of this season, considering how much of a dumpster fire that team is? Well, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say it's tough to take what's happening this year in Washington with you know a whole lot of concern, just like you said. Um, since they lost John Wall for the year, they've been going you know downward at a pretty rapid rate. Um, what's encouraging I've always felt felt about Mark Keefe is that, you know, he's played in a lot of big time games. When you look at his career logs here, I mean, he has been a starter for essentially his entire career and he's developed a lot of playoff experience. Um, I know, you know, whether it be first round matchups or second round matchups in Boston a few years back, um, he's played in a lot of big games. He has uh, mental toughness that I think the Thunder bench desperately needs. And uh, I'm really excited about the acquisition. I would agree. What do you What so, do you guys think the rotation's going to look like? I know we touched on it a little bit talking about Patterson, but I'm curious to see how Billy uses him. Uh, you know, when does he sub in? When does he sub out? Is do you potentially have games where Keith makes sense to be on the floor in the closing minutes, or are we going to still see Jeremy most of the time? I think you're going to see a ton of Mark Keith the first game back against Utah. I mean, I think it's a, a good point. He's a he's a he's a big that can bang with the fours and the fives and really put threes at disadvantages. He can hit corner threes. I'm looking at a shot chart right now. 
He actually has a pretty decent mid-range game from the corner from the sides as well. He likes to post up a and, lot. Yeah, and he, he can bully he posts, people. He posts up a lot, and he he's like your typical kind of stretch four. He's what Ibaka kind of was with. He just has a lot yep. more attitude, which you really appreciate. He'll probably get along with Russ really well, actually. See, and back in the day, whenever <laughs> the the Morris twins were in Phoenix. They and Russ had a lot of beef. Like there were yeah, games they where, like did. they'd go at it. So I think that's kind of and kind now of interesting. Him and Paul are like calling each other, like, "Hey, come over to Oklahoma yeah. City, please." Well, because then you look at the bench now, because Patterson, we all had really high hopes for him because oh, he can hit a corner three, and the, the narrative on him was he's a little inconsistent, but you're going to end up liking him in the end because he moves the ball really well. Well, a little inconsistent is just he's just inconsistent. Or can you be inconsistent if you're just consistently bad? So. He will probably replace Patterson in the lineup, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him take some of Jeremy's minutes, to be honest, or take some of Steve's yeah. minutes or something like that because you're, now you're going to have a bench lineup of Schroeder. You're probably going to have... They're going to have to get a wing like Corey Brewer or something to start at the two. They're not going to play Diallo playoff minutes. Then you'll you'll have PG staggered. Yeah, they're not going to play Nader playoff yeah. minutes either. You'll have PG nope. staggered for sure. Then you're going to see Morris. I wouldn't be surprised to see Morris have like 18 minutes a game. And then you have Nerlens, and that's just a I mean that's a decent defensive second lineup and they can get buckets. Yeah, and on that second lineup that you just listed, you have three guys who have been starters in their careers before. And you which have is huge. which is crazy. Schroeder that can pick and pop with Morris and Schroeder that can pick and roll with Morris and Noel on that That makes me really excited. Yep. Yep. And so and I it, wonder if you see a lot of lineups where they have either PG or Ferg in there with those three yep. uh, to provide that spacing. I was going to say... It's a lot of four spacing. Yeah, <laughs> you guys awesome. were kind of talking about it uh, leading into it, Justin, with your question. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some lineups that are like Russ, Ferg, PG, Morris, Grant. You know, that's a that lineup that, awesome. can, that can space, yeah. that can shoot threes. Um, I mean, hell, can you imagine a lineup where you have... PG on one wing, Morris on the other wing, Ferg in a corner, and then Russ and Grant running a high pick and roll. Like that's, that's like the Warriors lineup of death. That's you what know, I was like, just I thinking. Just, yeah, yeah, I mean you that, that opens up the middle of the floor so much. And we've already seen Jeremy Grant can catch the ball out of that short roll and then redirect it to the other corner. I mean, I think you're gonna see that lineup a little bit, and that lineup can switch everything almost defensively. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's a pretty exciting acquisition. I also think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see we've already seen Nader's minutes start to decline a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that more um, in favor of Deontay Burton. Um, I know we've talked about this a lot. I'm a firm believer that Deontay is going to get the uh, get bumped up from the two way to a full NBA contract. The Thunder, as long as you sign you, so the two way players can't play in the playoffs. I think the Thunder will will pick up Deontay. They'll let him play out those 45 two-way days. And as soon as he reaches that limit, then they'll sign him to probably like the pro-rated minimum. So the longer they keep him on the two-way deal, the the more money the Thunder save because it's just less days they're paying him a full NBA contract. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah I, mean, I, I agree with you there. I think um, that'll probably be what happens. But another thing that I kind of mentioned, I mentioned this too on my last post-game pod, but for some really strange reason, um, maybe it's because my headphones were too close to the microphone, but it was kind of like poor sound quality. So I'll repeat kind of what I said. But essentially, 
Um, I thought two things that really stood out to me when Shams was tweeting. He kind of had like a thread, you know, once he announced the uh, Markeith Morris deal. And one of those things that he said was that um, that Markeith chose OKC knowing that he stated to play a significant role in the front court. And Morris felt that OKC represented his best fit right now. And then, you know, we watched the New Orleans game where Pat essentially gets benched for yep. the what I was calling the twin tower lineup of uh, Noel and Adams because Pat was playing so poorly. And, he, you know, he kind of he had a hot streak here a little while ago, um, about two to three weeks ago. But outside of that, he's had a poor season. And um, so, you know, Billy goes and benches him for Noel. And I think that's just kind of indicative of just Marquise coming in taking all those minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised that he essentially replaced the Patterson in the rotation. But then, Jacob, you mentioned Nader, uh, you know, Diallo. We have some guys like that. I, I could even see him eating into those minutes a little bit. And then throwing in like Ferguson, giving him another five minutes a game or five minutes per game. Um, you know, some guys like that to kind of fill in the and like you said, Burton. I mean, I think it'd be cool to see Burton get a little more grind for um, sure. And then that kind of allows you to play Marquise a little longer as well. So I'm yeah. really excited about this. I think it's kind of like the perfect Patterson replacement. Um, I think that, I think it know. I think it's going to vary from game to game. Obviously, um, a lot of people are trying to analyze, you know, where Morris fits in this, who loses minutes. You know, like, who he's going to play with. I think it's going to come down to, like, who you're playing that night, you know, against teams uh, that, that, you know, like, against Utah, like you mentioned, that run a big a big four, like Derek Favors. I think you're going to see Morris getting a lot of minutes, you know, where if you're playing a team that, that likes to play small ball, uh, you may see uh, more Grant at the five. So I, I think it's going to depend on the game, you know, how Billy thinks we match up with different teams. But overall, I think, I think Morris – is going to get those th- those minutes and that that big role that he was promised when signing with us. I think it'll be interesting to follow for sure because I mean, Kamiar, you mentioned 18 minutes a game roughly, but if you look at his career, the lowest he's played was his rookie season where he averaged 19 and a half minutes. Ever since then, he's roughly been 25 and a half minutes and above. So there's going to have to be a significant amount of minutes that come his way. I think, you know, based off those Shams tweets and kind of everything we've been told is, you know, he expects to be a crucial part of this lineup. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where those minutes come from, because there's a lot of guys that are getting a lot of minutes uh, that I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure where they all come from. I think it's probably a little bit here and there. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Nick, it probably changes night to night, but regardless uh, it'll be something to watch for sure. I the think, other question, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I think, well, I think he, those minutes are going to eat into Steven Adams' minutes if he's going to go over 18 minutes a game. Yeah. I think he eats into Steven Adams because, gosh, just heading into all-star break, just in, even even with Steven Adams not playing against, you know, AD in the Pelicans, he just looked, like, beat to hell and ready for yeah, the all-star break. He needed this week so, so like, bad. You want, like, you just want that guy to get all the rest you can, and so with Keith coming back with that weird kind of neck thing after getting a second opinion, I think that, you know, you'll see a lot more Nerlens and Keith lineups or maybe just strictly Jeremy Grant Keith lineups when they go small ball because in the NBA, they, they, all they do is play small ball. So I think you'll see a lot of those lineups because I just think they need to arrest Adams strictly for the playoffs. I agree. I, yeah, I'm with you on that as well. And I can it's, tell you right now, like right now, I bet you Steven Adams didn't even watch the All-Star game. I bet he is in New Zealand right now, like eating like a king and watching anime. Smashing steaks. Smashing steaks. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. And watching is, One Piece. This is, 
kind of unrelated to uh, Morris, but you know, speaking of the playoffs coming up and everything, I'm kind of worried if we don't sign another guy. Like obviously, I'd love to have Burton, you know, bumped up to that full time NBA contract. But if you look at our shooting guards, small forward rotation outside of Paul George, you're looking at Ferg, Diallo, Burton, and um, I mean, if you if you're if you're gonna play, um, I mean, I don't I don't I, I just I just can't think of a player outside of Paul George who has any playoff experience at the shooting guard small forward spot for us, which scares me. Yeah, I mean, and it's a real thing, you know, and and yep. part of that is just bad luck, you know the the Abrina stuff plus Andre Robertson, you know, we were hoping he was going to play by December and we're going to go into March without him having played a single game and probably not going to play all season, you know? So yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the biggest worry of this team because coming in at the beginning of the season, the wing was where they had the most depth. And now the wing is like where they have the least depth, you know, they're three deep at like guard. I, I th- they're they're four deep in the front court. It's it's the the wing spot that where where they're lacking, and it kind of sucks because, like, on paper they they actually had like really good wing depth. You know, like I would have felt very comfortable going in the playoffs with with Ferg, with Abrinas, and with Andre yep. Robertson, and that's obviously not going to happen anymore. Yeah, it's it's weird because. Or wing depth on paper, it's like, man, we've got a lot of young guys that are going to be really good for us in the future. And it's like, I, I'm very happy with, with, with the wings we have right now. But that's completely a different mindset when you're thinking of these are the guys we're taking into the playoffs with us. So who... who, who I got who, a name for you guys to consider just keep an eye on for the buyout market come March 1st. Um, after being traded to Memphis... Does CJ Miles have much value for them for the rest of the year? See, for that's, that appears that's one. CJ on here. Yeah, that's one that I've been really interested in as well. Because I mean, if you guys remember back whenever CJ came off his rookie scale deal in Utah, uh, Sam Presti signed him to an offer sheet, and Utah matched. Sam Presti's liked CJ Miles for a long time. Yep. Uh, the one thing, and I can look it up real quick, is CJ Miles is also under contract for next season which makes a buyout a little less likely, but I don't know if that's fully guaranteed or not. If it's not fully guaranteed, that uh, that makes it pretty interesting, I think. I, it was him. How did, how did... Sorry, go ahead. How did him and PG's relationship end in Indiana, though? Because I remember... Oh, whenever CJ shot that shot, shot yeah. in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, I remember PG and Paul was like, super yeah, upset. Yeah, to take that shot. <laughs> right. So I, I, are, they, are they on good enough... To, I mean, obviously, that's a long time ago, and it was it was a one-time deal, but... Did, does PG have beef with him after that? Is he is PG comfortable having him on the Thunder? It's just it's an interesting dynamic there. I think they they could probably get over it if if the opportunity was there. I also think another name interesting on the buyout market is so if the Clippers make the playoffs, they do not keep their pick this year. They, for, it go, they it forfeit goes to their Boston. first rounder. Yep, it's only lottery protected, uh, and they made a trade with with Memphis. And the Clippers now have Garrett Temple, and I yep. think that might be an interesting name to uh, to keep an eye out as well because Garrett Temple is seems very much like a Thunder guy. And I know I know y'all don't like a lot of people don't like this, but I I mean with the guys that are currently buyout candidates, I know we're talking about a lot of guys that could be. I really 
wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy P. I, yes. I knew you were going to say that. I to say that. freaking knew you were going to say it. I, I mean, <laughs> There's a he reason he's not in the NBA right now. Yeah, but didn't he kill us when he played like four, four exactly. games Exactly. Would you? He hit like two threes have, and like played like ten minutes. Yeah, well, we'd still would still hit you, the crowd so, went nuts. Would you rather have Diallo playing playoff minutes or Swaggy P playing playoff minutes? <laughs> do you want my Don't honest you, answer I mean, or do you want me to side with you? What it comes down to is like Swaggy P may not be that like a, a, a big name that you think would fit well in this team, but at this point, it's like may not be. I can tell you right now, though, if they bring Swaggy P in, like I will bet you one hundred dollars he would not see any playoff rotation like at all. Then who's gonna play? They're just gonna shorten the rotation, play like eight or nine yeah, guys. Exactly. exactly, and that's the question. They're gonna play nine guys. I guarantee you they're gonna play nine guys total in the playoffs and these are the guys you got the starting five right and then yep. you've got Schroeder you've got Nerlens, you've got Morris Morris yep. who's the third guy or who's the fourth guy off the bench is it going to be somebody that's a buyout candidate is going to be Burton is going to be probably Corey Brewer or like like Rob <laughs> said it could it be you know could it be uh, CJ Miles he's or, not known for his uh, defensive prowess which is kind of an issue and his He's getting older. He's getting slower, but at the same time, he's a vet. Is Dre gonna get healthy? You know, that's no, another no, big no. question. Well, that's, I, that's I, I think saying. I think we've but, all seen the last of Dre. Like, period. I agree, which is sad. But well, would I, you would you rather have that last roster spot, that fifteenth spot, just empty, and hope that no one gets hurt, and hope that these young guys can play down the stretch in the playoffs if we have to play them in minutes? Like, I would rather have a guy that can hit a three. Even if he doesn't get many minutes now or in the playoffs, like if someone gets hurt, I'd rather have him than nobody. That's fair, but like I also think too, and we've touched on this in the past. The the Thunder culture is so strong. Yep. But at some point, when you're adding Nerlens and Dennis and Markeith, and Markeith, and then all of a sudden you add Swaggy P, like you're really pushing the that limit. You know, you're you're really pushing those boundaries. Um, I also maybe, think the idea the of Swaggy can... P is a lot more intriguing than the reality of Swaggy P. Right. That's what worries me. I'm with you. Hey, I'm just saying, Garrett Temple's 6'6", 200 pounds, and shoots uh, shoots 36% from three first career. Hey, man, Jimmer's shooting like 1,000%. I'd much rather have Temple or um, you know C.J. Miles or one of those guys, but when it comes down to it, those like, would you rather have an be, empty spot right, or yeah, would you rather have a swaggy P? That's okay. Right. That's right. I mean, it, it, when it comes down to it, even if we can get a Garrett Temple and a CJ Miles, there's a lot of other contenders that are going to be buying for him. Let's say it's coming down to this. Would you rather have Corey Brewer or Swaggy P? Oh, Corey Brewer. Brewer. Corey Brewer. I think I go with Corey also. Oh, I know. Nick I know. just <laughs> loves Swaggy P, the drunken dribbler. Nick's like, I just Swaggy P or Prime Jordan? I don't know, guys. It's a hard decision. <laughs> it's a I, just, I just feel like, like, like someone mentioned earlier, like pushing the boundaries on, on all these guys that are that have had this, this, the history of, of being these guys with attitudes and, and not, not fitting places. Like You've got to push the boundaries and, and take some chances if you're going to contend with the Warriors. And by God, Swaggy P's the missing piece. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if there, if, if, if he the Thunder is deeper game, than the Warriors right now. One game where he gets four threes, he's worth it. 
yeah, the, playoffs, the, the, the sure. Thunder right now, even with a limited bench as it is, are still deeper than the Warriors. So, I mean, did you watch yeah. that Warriors-Portland game before the All-Star break started? Oh, God. I mean, the best player watch? out on the floor for the Warriors at one point was Jonas Jerebko. Well, did you see the Thunder-Pelicans game right before the All-Star break? Yeah, yeah but it was – let's move on. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to talk a little All-Star? Uh, I would love to talk Hamadou. Yes, I so, uh, I personally just want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. If we could, please. No, because okay. then we <laughs> yeah. like. Well, do we do we have a do we just like have a sound bite of just the rim clinking for like the next five minutes? <laughs> Maybe I have a good Dennis Smith sounder. Hold on, I'm not holding on. Anyways, so dunk contest. Lane Tommy won the dunk contest. Yay! Yay! Yeah, cool. I what the best dunk of the night? Win? Like seriously, who thought he was gonna win? Me, I, I put Nick money did, on it. You put money on it, yeah. I, I put money on it. Confident. Hami, Hami paid for my drinks last night. I was. Hey. Boy. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you guys. Which dunk was the worst from Saturday night? If you the had a John, John Collins tripping on an airplane. <laughs> Do we all agree yeah, it's the John Collins bad. dunk? Even if he, even weak. if he wouldn't have tripped on the airplane, like cool, bro, you jumped over something that's three feet tall. <laughs> yeah, for real. It was kind of a lame dunk, and then he took out the plane. Well, crap. Like... It, had, it had to do with the Tuskegee Airmen sort of deal, but then like he went and done jacked up the plane, and then <laughs> just got eliminated. So like, it was an awful dunk. Yeah, like, it was not a good dunk. The build my my tweet the from dunk. the uncontested account was much better than the actual dunk. Oh my god, don't. Where I said home. that he don't. needed a line to bring out the missing Malaysian air flight <laughs> that that would have been more impressive than his dunk remember when blake griffin he jumped over a kia but actually did only jumped over like half the hood and people got angry yeah doesn't yeah. matter he got a choir in the background it's true very yeah, john collins john collins couldn't even get the goggles on yeah that was he, he, he had, had to throw them off yeah. backwards. like it bro was just, it was all bad oh put bad. on the wakanda black panther mask last year and we get john collins putting goggles halfway on and breaking <laughs> yeah. airplanes it was awful awesome also, we can talk about the judges like quickly Soft. if you guys want to before you, we actually jump into Hami. But like Dennis oh, yeah, Smith Jr. Terrible. missing like, ten dunks and they said, "Oh, it's a 50. Oh, oh my gosh! So Don't they were they close. were they were trying to make it close so that Diallo actually had to have a yep. good last. It's garbage. That's what I was for, thinking too. That was for viewership. Okay, that's fair. It was that's garbage. Just, by Rob and Nick. If you don't make a dunk, you should get a zero. Like, yes. yes. I don't. I don't get exactly. it. It's like they gave him all like sevens. Yeah. Like, yeah. At least give, you give know what players, like seventy you is guys... average in passing in a class. Like give him a, all fives or fours. Fail his ass. Yeah. It was awful. You guys know what would be more entertaining that dunk contest? What? A thunder practice between uh, dunk contest between Ferg and Diallo. Dude. One hundred. I want to see Ferg in there real bad. Spencer Dinwiddie tweeted out that OKC has the mo- the guys with the most hops in the league. That yep. was pretty dope. That is dope. I think I think Dinwiddie's a closet Thunder fan. He tweeted this back. He's I, doing I think, Andre's yeah. sister, dude. Of course he cool. is. Yeah, that is true. Um, but no, I thought H- Hami obviously had the best dunk of the night, jumping over the lar- second largest guy in the building. Yeah, second largest yeah, guy maybe, in the maybe, building. Maybe third with Giannis and KD. Yeah, jumping over the the second, maybe third largest man in the building, and honey dipping in the process. Yeah, oh um, that was incredible. Is is pretty ridiculous. And then, my only critique of that dunk Hand is he should have waited 
to rip the jersey open till he was hanging from the rim. I agree. That would have yeah. been if oh, that was in the Superman it. reveal, like the arena would have crumbled. Yeah, I agree. But That's the, true. The Twitter pic side by side of him with Chappelle show saying game blouses <laughs> was pretty great. I found yeah. it. Yeah, it was. It's wonderful. Um, you know, and that that was a, a win win dunk because either he he honey dips over Shaq, or he knocks Shaq to the ground by putting his nuts in the guy's head, like. They probably give you an eight for that. Yeah, I mean, either one of those outcomes is is good. I thought Homie's first dunk didn't get enough love, considering that the windmill was with the offhand. I yes, that was, nobody pointed that out. Yeah, he he like, windmilled with the left with hand, not the right, hand, which is awesome. So I that, I that, or sorry, go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say that might be the only time Shaq has ever been dunked on slash over ever. <laughs> yeah, and like people working like complaining about him like ducking his head but honestly homie cleared it enough that i think he would have been okay either way which is absurd like absolutely absurd but i I have a fun stat for you guys speaking of the shack and the the lakers so this guy splash warning he's a random dude on twitter like no credentials whatsoever but his tweet went viral and he tweeted this out two tweets uh back to back was a thread but i thought it was super interesting so hamadou diallo he was traded by charlotte on draft night and then he won dunk contests in his rookie year in Charlotte. Kobe Ooh. Bryant, traded by Charlotte. Kobe, traded by Charlotte on draft night. And then won the dunk contest in his rookie year. And then you look at their, their rookie stats. Diallo, four points. Two, oh, he says four, two, one. So I'm assuming four points, two rebounds, one assist. On 47% shooting in 11 minutes. Meanwhile, Kobe, seven, one, one on 42%. 5% less shooting in 16 minutes. That's only five minutes more. So it's interesting. So I mean, you're telling basically me that Hamadou is the next Kobe Bryant. next Kobe, exactly. Going to win us a bunch think, of rings. I'm so excited. I don't think Kobe <laughs> had hey, a man. broke shot, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, That's he did fair. his year. <laughs> now, I think I think next year we have the possibility of having like a, a legit, like solid dunk contest. Get Zion in there. Zion will be in there. Maybe you bring Hami back. Um, you know, you, you, you can get some some of these young high flyers in there. Don't bring John Collins back. But, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, we've all watched the uh, the Zion Hamadou Diallo dunk contest yes. at, the, at the Nike Invitational outside so apparently, in, in New York City. For, or, uh, not for goodness. Um, Hami did the same first two dunks in that contest that he did for this one. Is I saw somebody tweet that out, and I'm not sure if that – I didn't do my homework on that. Um, yeah. But it, I saw that tweet. It was similar. The, he did the yeah. first one off the side of the backboard, and then he did a the honey dip, but it wasn't. I don't believe it was over anybody. It definitely wasn't. Oh, okay, so that's but kind of still cool. the kind of like yeah. improved on each one. Okay, very yep. cool. And then in the last round, I personally felt like because Dennis Smith Jr. completely crapped the bed that Hami took his foot off the gas, and I really want to know like did he have anything else that he had rehearsed? that we didn't get to see because he was kind of playing it safe. He kind of inferred he did. That's his, a good point. His, his post he's saving him for next year with Zion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Defend your crown. Yes. T- talking about the dunk contest and people's athletic ability, like I don't watch a lot of college hoops, but it's is, – is Zion the, the best physical pros- prospect since LeBron? Zion yes. is a more athletic Julius Randle hot Dude. take. Yeah. Dude, he is 
he's going to be the second heaviest player in the league behind Boban. <laughs> no, I think he weighs more than Boban right now. Oh my god! I, I think Zion's like two seventy-five. Did you see that picture of him six, denting seven. the ball with his fingers against, Dude, the, yes. against Louisville? Oh my god! Yeah, he I'm he's, he's a super athletic Julius Randle right now in my mind, but yep. that's a hot take. He's he's insane. The the clip of him blocking the three point shot from when he oh started on the other side of the key. I mean that was that was mind blowing. Like yep. I always knew he was a freak, but I probably watched that clip. 20 times in a row. There was that one, and then there was a a preseason game that Duke played where someone was on the break, and Zion, uh, I think, pinned him on the backboard. Uh, It got called for the goaltending, but when he pinned the ball, the ball was up at at the top of the square, which is at 12 feet. That's ridiculous. You know the last time I was 12 feet up in the air? It's when I was putting up Christmas lights on the house. (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty much the same you said yeah, in a while it's, it's pretty white sorry guys <laughs> um yeah you guys want to talk about the game at all it not was really the game, game call me our hated it uh, I, it wasn't yeah. very was, good was cooking and I, russ struggled early and then he started to get it going a little bit uh, other like, than that i don't think there's like, like a russ lot in of general yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you're exactly. here telling me it's a normal sounds russ like, game Sounds like a Thunder season in a nutshell so far. Like, the game is just... Okay, It's here. here's the game in a nutshell. Don't... It's shoot around for the first three quarters, and then, like, it's like pregame. They all know they need to get the game close in the fourth quarter to bring some sort of attention to it, and then they get somewhat competitive at the end of the fourth quarter. So you're looking at shoot around for the first three and a half quarters, just like... Guys not playing defense. Guys, of course, not trying to get hurt, which I understand. Guys just dunking. That's cool. Look at the dunk. Nobody's getting back in transition. And then all of a sudden, in the last four minutes, things get serious where they start just shooting like crazy. I'm just not into it. it. It's boring to me. Like, I'd rather watch something competitive. Like, and I don't know. I don't know how you would do this because, and I hate baseball, by the way, but doesn't baseball have some sort of format that, like, in the All-Star game, like, that decides who gets home field in the World they, Series. They took it away, I think. Okay, well, it like, used it used to be they like did that. For a little they bit. decided they decided that it kind of screws teams right. uh, in the World Series when you're you had a better record in the regular right. season, but your home field is decided based on a bunch of random other guys right. not on your team deciding it. Sense. So they took See, it away. Maybe they should do something like the losing team. There's there's twelve guys on the all star roster, right? Yeah. So the losing team, there's a random drawing, and whoever gets their name drawn gets like publicly executed at half court. Okay. Just like gun to the back of the head. Okay, you need to chill out, buddy. <laughs> that would make the game way more entertaining. Darn. I'd watch, I'd watch the shit hard. out of that. You need to chill out. Oh my god. I thought I thought there were some fun moments though. The PG three sixty dunk was pretty and awesome. Immediately after the yes. alley oop to Giannis, yes, that that was that probably was the highlight of the night. And like one of the one of the highlights of the game, like they're talking about pregame, like yeah, you're gonna go like Russ's dunks, so and so's threes, whatever, whoever's doing what, and then Russ has just him in the rim. He could do whatever he wanted to it, and, and he just flips it up. To PG. He just flips it up to PG for a wide open. Yeah, three. yeah, that, that was, was interesting. Dope. That was also symbolic of their season. Yeah, Rob. Did anyone else notice the fact that Russ looked like he had lost quite noticeable explosion tonight? Yes. Like we see him do some throwdown dunks, whether it be in Madison Square Garden or in previous All Star games. Like at least one dunk, and he missed the one, and he barely got over the rim when he went with two hands. 
Like, that was a little concerning on my end, just thinking, okay, well, there's a little bit of a burst that we're accustomed to seeing here that's just not there tonight. I thought, like yeah, and I thought part, part of it, it just seemed like Russ just, like, wasn't super into it and engaged, you know? Like, Which I think, is the, weird for I think the one time that Russ, like, really tried to, like, do something was is in, like, the late first quarter, early second, where he, uh, he had Anthony Davis guarding, guarding him. And someone came to get a screen, and like Russ waved him away because he wanted to go ISO. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go ISO, and he misses it. Yeah. Besides that, like, like I didn't think Russ was like super that. engaged or into it, like at but, all. But like, that's so like I, I feel like we've talked about this like even throughout our podcast this season about Russ just not being quite as explosive. So I'm with Rob there. You know, like it, it's kind of concerning because he it's the All Star game. Like nobody's going to come and try and injure you. If they do, they're going to get blasted. You know, nobody's going to try and contest you. you. It's literally just you in the rim. And, like, Russ didn't even have enough confidence in the All-Star game, which is essentially shoot-around, like Kamir mentioned, you know, with that to, to even dunk the ball. Like, that's slightly concerning. And I, I feel like that's more of a mental thing than a physical thing because we've seen that he, like, has plenty of physical athletic ability still, you know, even after his injury. But it just – it makes me wonder after this whole knee scope this summer and then twisting his ankle, it's almost like he has some sort of mental block going. And I think that kind of goes with what Rob was mentioning earlier. He he needs to get a mental block on that three-point shot. He, he still put up 20 Thank shots you. in the game. <laughs> but even during the All-Star game, he couldn't hit a dang three-pointer. You're right. That's a good point. It's well, done, to man. be fair, it's – I mean, you can't take too much from the All-Star game. I did see a right, lot of people right. trashing his – Three-point shooting. He was one of eight. You know who else was one of eight from three tonight? James LeBron Harden. James. LeBron, okay, fair. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you you would like to see him make some more because he traditionally is a guy that doesn't treat it like an all-star game and kind of goes all out, and he definitely didn't have that tonight. The other stat that I thought was interesting and not very exciting, <laughs> the, two worst, <laughs> the two worst plus minuses in the game tonight, Russell Westbrook minus 19 and Paul George minus 22. They're just tired of playing defense. <laughs> this is true. They got a nice break tonight. I think this means the Thunder's not going to make the make the playoffs. I, mean, I think that's exactly what, uh, that. So I actually saw a tweet that said exactly that. They're like, oh, nice, no. I nice Paul George and oh. Russell Westbrook to jump into playoff form already. Oh, must have been a Jazz fan or a Houston <laughs> fan. The worst. <laughs> that is the worst. Um, <clears throat> let's move on from this. Uh, I think we've we've hit everything you could possibly talk about with All Star Weekend. Let's look ahead at the upcoming schedule. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, the Thunder schedule gets, I think, you it's safe to call it brutal um, for the rest of the season. They had one of the easiest schedules leading up to this point in the NBA. And now that we've passed all-star break, uh, that completely flips on its head. They go through a total grinder from here to the end of the season. So what kind of, uh, what do you see for this team for the final 25 games? How do you think this season nets out? So I have, I want to hear everyone's record predictions. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to the record predictions. I have some, some stats for this real quick that I want to throw out to you guys. And then, and then I want everyone's predictions coming down the stretch. Okay. So, 25 games left. Currently, the Thunder are sitting at 37 and 30. Okay. Uh, combined record. So, I went through, I looked up all 25 teams that they're playing from now till the end of the season, and I combined the records. Uh, the total is 823 
and 579 for a winning percentage of 70%. Okay, so, so that's pretty good. Uh, only eight of the 25 teams that they play have losing records. Some of them are, uh, are right on the borderline, but they also have like Memphis again. 17 of the 25 teams left are currently in the playoffs. Uh, 16 of the 25 games left are against the Western Conference. Nine of the 25 games left are against teams that are in the top four in playoff seating in their respective divisions. Uh, the only thing I didn't write down is home and away, and I, I'm pretty sure it's it's way more. There's more home games than away games. But with all of all of that considered, the Thunder need to go 13 and 12 to hit 50 wins. Okay, so basically play uh, 500 basketball for the rest of the season. You get to 50 wins. Um, but again, eight of the 25 are against team with teams with losing records. 17 of the next 25 are against teams that are in the playoffs. Uh, nine of those 17 are against teams that are currently have home court in the playoffs. And 16 of 25 are against the West. So they only have nine games against the East. Uh, those East games wow. are Philly, Toronto, twice. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Milwaukee. De- Detroit. Nets, Detroit. Nets Pacers. Pacers twice. And then I'm not sure who the other two are. But anyways, okay. So all that being said, and again, only they only need to go 13 and 12 to get to 50 wins. Uh, Taylor, what's your expectation? What do you think they go in the last 25 and do they hit 50 wins? So I think they absolutely should. God forbid uh, injury pending. You know, I think they should absolutely hit 50 wins. And I think what was that number we threw out in our Slack, Jacob? Do you remember what we said? It was like was it thirteen what was it? Nine losses? Thirteen and thirteen and twelve. Nine, or in twelve? Thirteen okay. and twelve gets them to fifty wins. But that's what I was thinking. So I s- um it would have been sixteen and nine. We're getting right? to fifty three, yeah. Which is I think that's I would be content with that. Anything above that I would be happy. And anything below that I would be um a little upset depending on obviously how much further down from that they go. But I'm just kind of looking at this. You know, there's some teams like the Clippers, for example, who pre-trade deadline, that would have been a very tough game. But when you trade away Harris to the Sixers, um, you know, obviously they got some some good pieces, like from Memphis. But I, and we'll see how the buyout market changes these things. But I think they should beat teams like that. You know, even the Kings, you know, that's on a back-to-back against the Jazz coming up. Um, they should win one of those. The Spurs are kind of hit or miss. I mean, I feel like it's another game they should win. And then you have like teams like the Pacers. Indiana Pacers twice. Have been playing great. No, what, yeah, right. no Vic, but the Pacers' strength no is is now in their big men. Thaddeus right. Young is killing it, you know. And and now but the, thund- the have... Thunder's big rotation is exactly. Grant Adams, Morris, and Noel. I mean, that's that's pretty solid. I can compete with them. And then you add your perimeter players such as Russ, PG. And then you have Ferg. Um, and then we'll see who we, we end up adding or who can step up um, to be that other player on the perimeter for us. I mean, I, I feel really confident in this. I think – and another thing too is like a lot of these losses, for example, are, are like – you know, we've talked about this on our podcast, but they're teams that the Thunder don't really want to step up to the occasion for. Like, for example, the New Orleans Pelicans with a basically no Anthony Davis. And when they had AD, he was just kind of out there going through the motions. 
And, you know, that's just the latest example. And that was right before the All-Star break. You know, there was a lot of excuses there. But we've seen this throughout the season, and we even saw that last season to an extent, you know, just not wanting to rise to the occasion for these games. So I think having, like, uh, like a higher competition for these this last stretch of the season, I think this will encourage the Thunder to play their best each and every game. And I think it just, like, gets us ready for the playoffs. And what we like to call the Wild Wild West, I think they're going to come out, they're going to be ready, just get them ready for the playoffs. And like I said, I think we should be well above 50 games. Uh, I would like to see us about, around, like, 53 wins. And, so, so you're going 16-9? Um, yeah, to nine? feel good about it. I'm going 16-9. Okay, very I'd good. Be, I'd be happy above that. I'd be a little disappointed below that. Uh, Justin, your thoughts? I would love to see us uh, do 16 and nine. Oh, excuse me. I have the hiccups. I would love <laughs> to see us do 16 and nine. I'm not 100% sure they can do that. The thing that scares me the most about this stretch is not necessarily what the Thunder do, but what everybody else does. I pulled up Tankathon. And I'm just kind of looking at. Okay, we know OKC has the hardest schedule. Are you, like, what? farting in your microphone? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Nick's taking off his pants. <laughs> um, hey, I don't judge, man. Uh, if you look at the other end of the spectrum, Utah has the second easiest schedule, and they're sitting right now in the, in the sixth seed, and there are only five games back from the Thunder. So that disparity between the first hardest schedule and the 29th hardest schedule, you could easily make up five games. So what scares me for the Thunder is that they start to fall in the standings. They've been around the two, three spot, excuse me, two, three spot <laughs> most of the year. But if this schedule gets the best of them and they start to dip a little bit, if you start flirting with that four seed, Things are going to get dangerous because there's, you do there's not some piranhas out there. Up. There's yeah. like some piranhas, like you, you mentioned Utah and then Houston. Those are two teams that worry me a little bit, particularly exactly. if Houston get help. That's a really good point, Justin. Yeah, the, I think the good thing is the the Thunder, even though 25 games feels like a lot, they currently have a, what a three game lead on the four seed, and they have yep. the tiebreaker against Portland. They currently have the tiebreaker against Utah. And they currently have the tiebreaker against Houston. Do they? And so I think that's pretty big. Yeah, they've they've played Houston three times and they've beat them twice. They've won twice. Right. Oh. The only loss was on Christmas Day. I thought yep. I thought they only played them twice so far. I guess no, I, they, they played they, them early, early in the year. season. Oh, okay. Remember when Melo was like one of game. ten? Oh, I yeah. Because the whole my mind. the whole time I was in Loud City, I was just talking shit. Every time Melo <laughs> missed a shot, I said, "Oh, a seven. Oh, now I, you're zero of eight, buddy. Uh, I guess and I, I said, "God damn, this mind. looks way too familiar." So OKC has <laughs> in the first game back from All Star break is Utah, and they're are they one and one against Utah? Back or two to and one back to they're two and zero against they're Utah. Two and zero, so they can. Oh, they haven't lost to you. Yeah, that's right. Clinch. That's right. Okay, they can clinch that tiebreaker too. So, yeah. so those I think those tiebreakers are over huge. four, five, and six for sure. You know what's kind of interesting is so right now the Lakers are tenth in mm -hmm. the West and they are two losses behind the Kings. Um, I would assume the battle for that eighth seed goes really late into the season. Lakers last five games at Thunder versus Warriors at Clippers versus Jazz versus Blazers. I want to see the Kings in the playoffs so bad. 
it's going to be crazy whenever the Lakers miss the playoffs. Sacramento just picked up Harry Barnes too, and I like that a lot. I do too. I like. Do that we actually. actually think LeBron's not going to make the postseason? Like, if we're placing percentage chance on it right now, I think I would put it at sixty percent. The Lakers get in, forty percent they don't. But I mean, with the the way the teams are trending with the the Kings and the Lakers, like. It's just so hard to to not say they're gonna ma- to say they're not going to make it because of LeBron. You know, I, I think that's that's the yep. big thing there. I'll say this: if all natural forces are at play, and the the Kings continue to play the way they are, and the Clippers will drop out because they're now just gonna tank because they want the draft pick and all that other stuff. Uh, I would say the Kings get in. They're playing a really good brand of basketball with lots of, lots of young guys, and they just got a veteran that it's played in the playoffs and has rings. Yeah, and um, but it's the NBA, and it's LeBron. Yep, and something and the NBA uh, they want their superstars there would lose a lot of money for with Sacramento getting in versus over LA LeBron and the yeah, Lakers. Yeah, that first yeah. round series against Golden State. Exactly. The NBA is gonna be pushing for LeBron versus Golden State round exactly. one. Exactly, that's, that's so true. If all that's natural forces are at play, I'd say the Kings <laughs> get in, but yeah. of course. The NBA needs to NBA occasionally, and that's that why you'll do. end up with the Lakers playing the Golden State Warriors first round. Get your tinfoil hats out, everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. Rob, what what are you thinking? What are you thinking about for the Thunder uh, this last stretch? Do you have them going 50 games, or do you have them above? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, um, I'm not too hung up on, you know, whether it be 53, 52 wins, but, you know, since January 1st, you know, while – you know, kind of going opposite directions here. While the Thunder have become one of the best, the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA since the calendar year change, um, their defense has considerably slipped. Yeah, and they're um, currently at third, I think, right now. I looked up before the podcast. Uh, right, pitch of efficiency rating. But since January first, their defensive rating is one twelve point seven, and uh, that, ain't, that ain't it, Chief. That's not good. Yeah. Yep. And from the first two and a half months of the year, their defensive rating was 102.8. So um, I think that's the biggest key, obviously. I don't think, call me a negative Nancy, but I don't think this three-point shooting is sustainable. I think it'd be kind of a, a fool's goal to expect Paul George to be shooting at a historic clip for the remainder of the year. I think it's important for this team to get back to their defensive roots and uh, shore up the end of the court. So if they can do that, I can easily see, like Taylor said, a 53-win season. I'm with you there, and I've I've harped this on our podcast for so long, but this team is their best when they're playing great defense. They're getting their steals and deflections, which they currently still lead the league in steals per game, I just saw. Um, and turnovers forced. And, and turnovers forced. And that's when they're they're be- like when they're creating opportunities and transition. Um, mm-hmm. That's when their offense is their best. So I'm with you there. I, I absolutely agree. They're gonna have to get back to their strong defensive identity. And I, I'm hoping and praying that this All Star break helps them with that. And then we'll see what Keith can do coming off the bench. You know, maybe I know he's not by any means a stellar lockdown defender, but I think he could essentially fit that style of defensive play. And and. Then, you know, he runs down the floor. He can run the floor with the team and then uh, space the floor on the offensive end. I'm hoping he can kind of increase that rating as well. So I'm with you. We need to need to get back to our defensive roots for sure. Nick, what do you think? What what, what do you got the, the Thunder doing the, the last 25 games? I think we're going 15 and 10 
which would put us at 52 wins. And if I'm not mistaken, that would be a top five Thunder record ever, which is cool. Uh, I think I'm with you. I'm going 15 and 10 as well. The the record, the the you know nitty gritty specifics aren't as important to me as seating. Like I exactly. honestly couldn't That's care if they point. get 48 wins or 54 wins. You know, to me, uh, it's just the seating is more important. And I think it's it's absolutely critical that they stay either at three or move up to two. Um, the thing is, like you know. The the big thing is the Thunder have like the hardest strength of schedule remaining. I think Denver has the second or the third. Um, so they're fourth, but fourth, they're right there. Yeah, so it's gonna yep. be kind of neck and neck there, you know. And when you get down to like, oh, is it the 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 most difficult schedule or the third most difficult schedule? The difference is like <laughs> one game, you know. It's like the, exactly the uh nuggets are playing phoenix where the thunder are playing the clippers you know that's the difference there um so i don't know if the thunder can jump up to two i but i think it's absolutely essential that they stay in that three spot for a for a second round series not against the warriors this team has also shown that since we got paul george we can go into any arena and get out a w whether it be golden state whether it be philly whether it be Houston, um, you know, I know there's some some pretty daunting games left on this schedule here, but, you know, as long as we play our game, we can go into any arena and get it done. Yeah, definitely. And I, and we haven't, I mean, I know Kamiar mentioned it a lot in a post-game last week, post-game podcast, but, you know, I think there is something to be said about the the chemistry and the camaraderie for this team and coming into, like, this like nut up or shut up time in this last 25 games, like a team that has high team chemistry and trusts one another and cheers on each other's successes like this Thunder team is doing. Um, I think that only bodes well going down the stretch. Whereas I think, you know, we were just talking about the Lakers. I think a lot of the reason probably we would all say the Lakers have a chance of missing the playoffs is because of that locker room. Right. And the, the lack yep. of trust. Among the those AD fiasco. Yep. Yeah. You know, so yep. I, I, I think that that definitely has to have something to do with it. All right, Calm, you're the last one. Uh, what do you think happens to the final 25? I looked at all the teams that OKC is going to be playing. 25 teams. On 19 of those nights, of the 25, on 19 of those nights, they're playing teams that are battling and jockeying for playoff position. Some of them being at the top of their respective conferences. Um, like whether it be Toronto or Milwaukee, and a, another one against the Dubs, and another two against the Nugs. So, I mean, it doesn't get any easier. And then you see the Sixers, they have like four, like four formidable players that can score in any night. And so, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be games that they win that we think they probably shouldn't win. There will be games that it'll be the most thunder thing ever. And they'll lose against like a night. They'll lose against the Timberwolves. Yeah, or they'll lose at home against the Heat or something. Yeah, and yep. so it they'll they'll just they'll keep on being the Thunder. So I'm gonna put them at a modest thirteen and twelve. They, so they right, get to, start at the 50. fifty. Yeah. Do you think that gets them a three seed? No. Uh oh. Oh. Because we look at Houston's schedule down the stretch. Yeah. Houston's schedule down the stretch is garbage. 
it's quite possible OKC slips to four, and then they they're playing a Golden State in the second round. That would and he's not about to get Capella back healthy, which is yep. scary. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. All right, do you guys want to move on to uh, to some league wide stuff real quick before we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Uh, I don't have the sounder queued up, so uh, no around. I was about to do it just like with my voice, but I don't want to like. <laughs> I don't want such to a lose, tease. Uh, oh, yeah. there it is. I don't. I don't want to lose subscriptions to the podcast. Um, okay, so the stretch run of the playoffs. First question: How does the top four in the East shake out? Actually, Philly's not even in the top four in the East right now. If you look at the standings, um, I think crazy. they're tied with Indiana, but Indiana owns the tiebreaker. So, top four in the East. Who do you guys think ends up with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? I like Milwaukee there still. I think they're playing a great brand of basketball. I think they'll continue to through the the, uh, the regular season. Although I may still not put them as my favorites for the finals in out of the East. I think they they still will have the best record coming into the playoffs. I agree, especially with Nico Miritich there. Do you guys agree with that? Do you guys think Milwaukee ends up with the one seed, or does anyone disagree with that? I disagree with that. Toronto. Yeah, I'm with Nick because. Down the stretch, I don't see Kawhi taking off that many games as he has during, done the entire year. That's a good point. And if they can get the number one seed and get home field advantage the entire playoffs, I think they go for it, and they're only one game back. Rob, and what do you, you know think? who has the easiest schedule remaining? Who? Toronto. Toronto. Bingo. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think if you look at pre- and post-deadline rosters, like, Miritich was a great pickup for the Bucks, but if you look at just like straight up upgrades, like Gasol is a huge upgrade in my mind from Balanchunas. Like that's a huge upgrade. I'm excited to watch that for sure. That's a good point. Yep. Rob, what do you think for one seed in the East? Seems like all of us are split. Yeah, I like the Bucks. Um good you know, man. Good man. Coach Bud, you know, when he has established that he's capable of Coaching good regular season basketball with his stint in Atlanta. He just never had that generational player. Obviously, he has that in Giannis. And um, obviously, I think they're going to win the top seed there. But uh, I have my doubts about uh, their sustainability in the postseason. I'm with you. So then would all of us agree that whoever we said is the one seed, the the other team, either Milwaukee or Toronto is the two? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, then who's there's, three? There's a clear gap. I, I don't trust Celtics yeah. right so now. So who, who's three then? Is it Philly or Boston, or Philly. is it Indiana? Philly. I think it's Philly. I do too. I, Tobias go Harris with with is Tobias. such a good fit. He's just a great player. I mean, he he could fit anywhere essentially. You know, that's true. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's I, I. I think Indiana drops. I don't trust Boston right now. I think Boston will get it figured out and they'll rebound, but not Agreed. well enough to get the three seed. Yeah, I um, think I think Boston's depth is a very big strength in the regular season, but when the playoff comes and rotations shorten, um, you know that depth is important. But Boston has like stupid depth, you know. I'll go with Boston strictly because that I mean like. You look at their conference record, and Boston's conference record is so much better than Philly, Brooklyn, and or or uh, whoever else is over there. And down the stretch, you're going to be playing teams in your conference. So I'm looking at Boston, even though Marcus Morris just comes out and says, yeah, we're not having fun. We don't play like a team. We kind of just like <laughs> do whatever we want. We just kind of get wins. 
That so was bad. They're, they're definitely not gonna. I don't think they'll make it out of the second round, but I think they'll. I'll think they'll elevate themselves to the three seed. Pacers, they're somehow still pretty decent without Vic. Yeah. Um, I still think they drop to the five because Philly and Boston will be surging, and they're really only one game ahead of both of those yep. teams. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I think. I think uh, Boston has won both games against the Sixers thus far. That's correct. Uh, yeah. So they, they had the tiebreaker, tie which will yep. be interesting. Uh, side note, uh, PG just got interviewed after the All-Star game, and they were talking about his step back over Harden, and quote-unquote PG said, I hit him with his shit. I've got that in my package too. Ain't no travels. Let's oh, go. God, that's got him. Yeah. That's I incredible. Like that. I love Paul George so damn much. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Golden State's got some guy named number 35 in his feelings Yeah, all the yeah. time. You guys know the meme of Kevin Durant sitting there holding the little pink phone and then people yes. like quote tweet it with um, like what he's tweeting on his burner? Yep. <laughs> During the, the All-Star game, someone said, how come Steph never throw that bounce pass to me whenever he threw that pass to Giannis? <laughs> The best part is it was right over KD too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Steph did that to KD and then hit Clay with the three and one. It was beautiful. Giannis and Steph had some scary chemistry tonight. If we're being real honest, yeah, There's I noticed some, that too. Some, some natural chemistry there. Yeah. So any any upsets in round one in the East, or do all of as those they top stand four, as they stand right now? Just I'm saying like whoever wherever that assuming that Milwaukee Toronto. Philly, Boston, round out that top four in some way. Do any of those four get upset in the in the first round of the playoffs? No. Or do we have just a one through four seeding going into the second round? Of the I East? mean, like you have Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philly, but you're still excluding the Pacers, who are still playing really good basketball. Yeah. So first yeah. round, I think we all kind of said it's either going to be. Boston versus the Pacers or Philly versus the Pacers, right? right? Yeah. I like the Pacers. I just I don't think they can pull that off. Without I don't think Vic. they can either. And then they the rest of they them. They don't have the depth. I like Brooklyn. I don't think Brooklyn's winning a first round series. Who's in the Eastern Conference Finals? That's this makes it easier. Oh, I think it's Toronto, Milwaukee. You think so? I That's think so. Yeah, I think Celtics, Sixers. Oh uh, wow! Hot take. I'm going the second round. I'm going Raptors. Uh, I'm going to go Raptors and Sixers. I agree. Raptors Sixers. That's what I was thinking. Raptors Sixers or Raptors Celtics. Get a jump shot, Giannis. So who ends up uh, representing the East? Since we'll finally have a non-LeBron team uh, in the playoffs, who ends up representing the East? Canada. Raptors. I'm with you. I'm going Toronto. Probably Raptors because they have a lot more depth. Philly. I, I like that. Philly. I like that. I like that a lot. Who's their best bench They'll player? They'll figure it out. TJ McConnell? Uh, Minnesota's finest, Mike Muscala. Oh, yeah. Mus- <laughs> they call him Muskie. People, people are <laughs> yeah. sleeping on Philly. Their bench is a bad. They got Jonathan Simmons. They got Ennis from the Rockets. Like oh, they, that's right. They've got, they, they upgraded their bench a little bit. Because they, yeah. they – oh, that's right. They got Ennis. And Simmons, and we, but when they were talking about trading for Orlando, we we're like, oh my gosh, they really just stole what's his face from Orlando, the sharpshooter. What's his name? Terrence Ross. They stole. They stole Terrence Ross, and they're like, oh, it's just 
It's just Jonathan Simmons. Okay. Never See, mind. I'm a dumbass, and whenever that trade came out for a solid like crazy. Like, two hours, I was thinking that they traded Jonathan Isaac, not Jonathan Simmons. That's right. And oh, I was wow. like, why would they trade like their top ten pick? But then I realized it was Jonathan Simmons. So, <laughs> what about the Simmons? Simmons is a guy that when he's in the playoffs, he's done some good things. For the, for, yeah, the Spurs. for the Spurs, I think I think there's Solo an asterisk uh, for anyone who plays with the Spurs because you always play better in San Antonio. It's true, dude. I don't. I I I will bet money that at some point in the playoffs, people are going to be like, whenever Simmons is locking someone someone's best player down, they're going to say, "Wow, Jonathan Simmons was a was a good pickup." And in the Western Conference, somebody's going to be playing the Spurs, and they're going to say, "Dang, Davis Bertans is like the next coming of Christ." <laughs> Jakob Pertle. Yeah, Jakob Turtle. Yeah, and then Davis Bertans is going to get on, like, I don't know, the freaking Timberwolves, and he's just not going to play at all. <laughs> on a four-year, $50 million contract. Yeah. No <laughs> but talk, let's talk about the West. Playoff. Let's talk about the West. Who gets the I eighth mean, seed? Okay, I thought you were going to say one seed, and I was like, uh... <laughs> Well, there's this team out in uh, California, <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers. <laughs> Man, I, I I'm with whoever said it earlier. I really want it to be the Kings. Yes, agree. I just think, I think that we're would all be in so agreement. much fun. I want to see LeBron. So not not what your what your head or I don't I don't know which My way heart. I go with this. What, what your heart wants, like logistically, like when we're getting down to like taking fandom and like cool storylines out of it. Who gets the eight seed? I say the Kings, but if I'm putting tin foil on my hat, on my head, <laughs> tin foil hat on my head, it is the Lakers. If, so if, if you have, if you have to bet money, you're betting it on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, never if betting I'm betting on conspiracy yeah. theory, I'm going spot. on for Braun. Yes. See, here, here's my thing. Like, I'm on the same boat. Like, you can't bet against LeBron making the playoffs, but he's in a unique situation this year where it's not just what LeBron does. It's what the teams ahead of him do. Like, say, say LeBron and the Lakers go on a great run his last, you know, twenty-five plus games. What if the Kings do too? Like, LeBron can't. As good as LeBron is, LeBron has no control over how good the Kings do. Yep, he doesn't control his own destiny this time. Yep, it's true. That's very nice. Wonder where LeBron's gonna go on vacation while everyone else is in the playoffs. He's gonna <laughs> make another movie. <laughs> Start filming Space Jam too. Probably. Make Space Jam 3. There you go. Who is upset in the first round of the playoffs? In the West? Yeah. So are we, we're assuming, so eight, eight playoff seeds in the West, Golden State, Denver, Oklahoma City, Portland, Houston, Utah, San Antonio, Sacramento, or the Lakers? We're, we're going to say the Lakers for right now. Even though the Clippers are currently the ATDS. Yep. So yeah, yep. who who's most likely to get upset in round one? It just out of the four, top four seeds, yeah, just as they are right now. Yeah, if we went the the eight the the eight seeds right now, but swap out the Clippers for the Lakers. Ooh, who I'm going tr- Trailblazers are getting knocked out the first round again. Absolutely by Houston. By Houston, yeah, no question. How many times are the Blazers going to run back the uh, that backcourt? And not get good results before they finally blow it up. Not get good results. Yeah. They were the three seed this last year and, and got swept. 
Yeah, they've well, been swept they need... two years in a row. They won a playoff game in three years. So they're good. Yeah. In the, they're good in the regular season, but once the playoffs comes around, when you can be a little more physical with Dame and CJ, they shit the bed basically. Yeah. Yes. Like the 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 over get a better player than Aminu for God's sake. <laughs> well, to do that, you trade CJ, right? My gosh. Yep. I wonder how long they they continue to have. Or used to acquire Ennis Cantor, who got his can- he got his contract because of them. Yeah. Yeah, it all comes full circle. Uh, I think I'd be, I'd be with you guys. Um, Can't play Gator. I do not want the Thunder playing Utah just because I don't want to. Oh, I do. I don't want to yeah. deal with Utah again. Although, I think if the Thunder played Utah in a seven-game series this season, they'd win this year. I think, I, I think they'd. I think they'd win. Barring everybody is, as long as everyone's healthy, the, the Thunder have the horses up front to play with them. You can let uh, Paul guard Ingles again. I just want Paul to cook Ingles shit. No, it kind of reminds me of when they used to have some good playoff battles against the Grizzlies. Yep. Like I feel like there's a good rivalry right, right. kind of in there. I put Paul on Donnie Mitchell and put Ferg on Ingles because Ingles just posts up and then he drives to the basket occasionally. Yeah. He's not going to post up. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. And you don't have Melo's corpse out there anymore. Melo can't get cooked in the pick and roll. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you have Jeremy I'm, Grant I'm looking... and Markeith at the four. I'm looking at the schedule here. The Timberwolves are one game behind the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a little run here at the end and made it interesting they getting said, a seed for themselves. They said they wanted to make at, some trades and to get involved in the playoff conversation, but they're they're four games they're four games out. Yeah, I mean, they're only one game behind the Lakers, though. Yeah, I, four, I, four games I, I, out I, with I 25 not... to go, I think it's just so difficult to overcome. You know, We say that, but it's going to be the same stuff in 10 games. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Timberwolves at least had a shot at the eight seed going down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they all going to tear their ligaments they... because Thibodeau's going to play them 48 minutes a game. They, they play They play us twice. Thibodeau's not there anymore. It's Flip. Or oh. It's Flip's son. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lil' Flip. I don't like his suits. <laughs> Lil, Flip. Lil Flip. That could totally be a rapper name. Lil Flip. Probably is. Uh, it is a rapper name, Taylor. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, so we, we got to get this thing wrapped up. Who is in the Western Conference Finals? After what we've seen so far in the NBA season, who is in the Western Conference Finals? Justin. Uh, don't don't warriors. So, what? Let's say when I go to everybody, like no explanations. Just just give your two teams. Warriors, Thunder, Nick. Same. Taylor. Same. Also, I forgot. Isn't Lil Flip the guy who sings like "Want to Be a Baller"? Shot caller. Twenty inches. Yeah. Baller. Anyways, yes, I'm out. <laughs> Shock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Not. <laughs> Nubba, da, 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 Shout da. out a little flip. <laughs> Banger. Um, so I'm going Warriors and Thunder as Tommy well. R. I think we're going to keep that too. It is going to be the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming to Rob for the last one. What do you got? Thunder Warriors. Thunder Warriors. We all want to yeah. see. I think I'm yeah, yeah. W- Warriors Rockets, not the Warriors Rockets. No, you guys have. Chris Paul's not good anymore. Yeah, well, enjoy paying him forty million dollars for the next three seasons. He's getting hurt. 
Harden ain't going to play like this all the way through the playoffs. Yeah, but he's going to get the free throws all the way through the playoffs. That's a good point. Probably. With Capella coming back and they're already on this tear? Like, come on. Chris Paul will get hurt in the playoffs like he does every year. <laughs> but every they don't year. have Markeith Morris. <laughs> he played for them Chick-y. for a little bit. That's why he didn't take them. That's why he didn't pick them, didn't he? He's never played for Houston. Or did Marcus Morris play for them? No. Dude, I, don't I was just, what podcast was I listening to that they said they had bad blood with the Rockets organization with the way they were treated? No, they had bad blood with Phoenix organization. I know they had bad blood with Phoenix, but they had like some sort of thing with the Rockets. I don't know. Those two twins are weird, though, dude. They I'm like. just saying, if Boston gets knocked out, let's have Marcus oh, come on down to OKC, and he can throw on Markeef's jersey. They can like sub you, out for each other, and nobody has to know. To tell the difference. And he can play 48 minutes a line. Chief Keith. <laughs> Are you playing Chief Keith? I'm going to tweet this out every single time that Marquis hits a three-pointer. I don't like. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry. But anyways. That's all right. Okay, well, my phone died, so I don't have the uh, the outro music, so we're just going to wing it here. Uh, yeah. Hey, before we get out of here, um, this one's going to have some shelf life because the Thunder don't play again until Friday night. Uh, back-to-back Friday and Saturday, so that'll be fun. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Mm. You can check out our website, theuncontestedsports.com. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have to give a huge shout-out to our special guest, He's Rob. Celebrity. Celebrity. Celebrity, celebrity <laughs> deathmatch. Rob, thank you so much for coming on with us, man. We really appreciate you, and we're all huge fans of everything you guys do over at Daily Thunder. Uh, we're all pretty avid followers. Um, so if you are not checking out Up the Thunder and Daily Thunder yet, Rob is a contributor over there. You can go read stuff on Daily Thunder that he has written. It's awesome stuff. Great website. So make sure to check that out. We really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to coming back. You guys will have me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have, uh, like we said, 25 games left, and then uh, then the real season begins. And then we start so. panicking. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Then I double up my anxiety medication, yep, and, uh, same. and we see what happens. And by the way, Marcus Morris was drafted by the Rockets, and that's why he doesn't like them oh, the way they treated him. There it is. That a boy. So how did they both end up on Phoenix? Because he was traded. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys take it easy. Enjoy a week with uh, Got no basketball. Bang, bang. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> this is outro music for him. All right. As always, thunder up. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.